0: Hello and welcome to The Last Wicket. I'm your host, Benny. Thank you for joining us on our first episode of 2024. And we are not pulling any punches to start of the year. Coming up is an exhaustive dissection of the Indian men's cricketing fortunes under their two most recent coaches, Ravi Shastri and Rahul Dravid. Two legends of Indian cricket who could not be more dissimilar in every way. Under their tenures, the Indian team has seen all sorts of highs and lows in the last few years. So today we are going to break it all down and study the contrasting approaches of Shastri and Dravid when it comes to coaching the Indian team. So joining me in this quest is my longtime co-host, Mayank, and special guest, Nikhil Popat, aka At Crazy Knicks, who also speaks on uh, We Are Cricket. So welcome, gentlemen, and Nikhil, welcome to The Last Wicket.
1: Thank you so much. It's very ironic and apt that the podcast is The Last Wicket something that has bothered Indian cricket enough. So maybe that's for <laughs> later. Let's, let's just, this says the tone rightly for all of us.
0: You know, that was not the idea of this podcast to always bring like traumatic, <laughs> bring up traumatic memories <laughs> for the Indian team. Yeah. But, uh, you know, Nikhil, when I reached out to you, uh, I was looking up on my t- Twitter. I mean, now it's known as X, but it'll always be Twitter for me, uh, Twitter DMs. And I saw that we have, Uh, we actually had interacted back in 2013. So we, uh, I don't even remember what it was about, but we had uh, exchanged messages. And so I was just thinking, you know, it it is kind of a a reflection of the modern cricket fandom, especially Indian cricket fandom. Uh, Those of us who are on social media a lot, that we end up interacting with a lot of people because you're not the first person, you know, like a lot of people that we've had on this podcast, we would have interacted like years before or in the case of one person, we were even friends on Facebook, but we never spoke. And then years later, you know, we were speaking on a podcast together. Um, But I, I just wanted to start off by just asking, because obviously ever since I've interacted with you for the first time, the thing that sticks out for me about you, especially seeing your tweets and everything, is that you are extremely passionate about cricket. Um and the the term cr- crazy, I think it's very, very apt for you more than anyone else I, I can think of. Because, you know, a lot of us, especially those who follow Indian cricket, you know, it's easy to stick to Indian cricket, but you also follow, you know, cricket outside of India. You know, we were just talking, you know, you're you're looking forward to the SAT twenty, which <laughs> I can't even like think about. Um, so where does where did that love or that craziness for cricket come from for you like how does that even start uh
1: you can probably blame it on academics uh because i i mean a good student average student in my school got decent percentile but i was like i want to play this game everybody's playing in the evening and i told my father uh, can i play this game and he's like you don't score so many and play the game so i'm like dude that's uh hmm. that's a bummer so next time i didn't prepare much I got lower percentile and then I asked him again, can I go? He's like, no, you have to do engineering. So I was like, okay, then that is, that is the path that is decided for you. And again, not unfairly, because, you know, we've come a long way in terms of that also about being accepted of trying other fields. So I think that is, we're still getting there in terms of possible future careers, but I was glad and lucky that I got internship in my college itself, in my very third year for working with a brand, which was, you know, managing people and players. So I would, I started my, uh, you know, so-called this field 12 years back with passwords to some of the biggest cricket accounts in India. And that day I slept Mm. so peacefully like a child that, you know, today if I want to do something, of course I'm not going to, but I have this, you know, this is accessible. And this is long before, you know, internet was so common. Now, again, it'll make all of us sound very old, but we have come through that time where we had to pay a lot more, to be able to access internet so i think to me uh, now when i look, look back at all of that i feel a lot of this was always there in my childhood in terms of even today if there's a game going on in my colony or i'm traveling somewhere i can watch anything any kind of game and i'll sit there and i'll try and see what that is doing so today if somebody some of my relatives come back to me you know how i stupidly i recognize them oh you know when we would play cricket this is how it stands what is his strength? You know, he he did, he did a lovely cover drive. Right? This guy had a great googly. I would, I could never pick it. And this is when I realized, okay, maybe now this is part of me that I do every day that I'm trying to make notes for myself or to cover the game. But actually I was always there with my chachu. You know, when they would play, I would sit on a car and try and commentate that, okay, you know, this guy, is, he's a lefty. He's hitting there. This is what he'll do. So. Maybe it's only with time that it's come, it's hitting me that, okay, it was always there. But uh, I've just tried things to do in terms of flow, whatever's come to me. So I've gone from handling social yeah. media of players to doing text commentary to hearing audio stuff, giving feedback to making data, data nuggets to uh, covering the game to doing match reports. At one point of time, I was doing reports, blogs, features every day on the same shift. So it's like as much you can do in this field, you've tried and answered everything. So not master of all trades, but just trying to be there in terms of, you know, whatever cricket that I know, I feel it's always good to give it back to the game because it's always been a friend that I've always relied on because it doesn't ask anything of me. And all it's wanting from me is time. And I'm and I'm more than happy to give that to them. So uh, a lot of it is is just, you know, just finding the right person at the right time, At this time the person was the game.
0: Well, let me ask you now. After all these years, now does your father have a different opinion of <laughs> <laughs> your passions so, and what you're following? Is he happy with it? So
1: till until about three years back, he would still always ping me, or oh, you know, if I'm traveling and at home, he like. Are you sure you don't want to do coding and stuff? No. You know, there's an opening, you have a degree, you have That's a first That's the Indian degree. parent.
0: You can't get yeah, it out of them. <laughs> exactly.
1: And now that I have become a parent, I can relate to him far more in terms of why he would worry. Mm. And so his fears are always justified. But I think he also at times, with time, he has realized that, okay, he's getting something going. And he's able to hold on to his things by, by himself. And I think that at times just give you, gives you that freedom ke, Okay, okay, let him be. Uh, if you ever get stuck, you are a Gujarati family, middle class family eventually. So you always have a business or a second third backup plan ready. But hopefully that will not be needed and will stay forever yeah. crazy. <laughs>
0: which, which, uh, which role have you enjoyed the most among all the ones that you've done in the field?
1: I would personally credit whatever I, I understand to text commentary. I think nothing mm. nothing has taught me more than just text commentary because uh, it's pure love and it's pure undistracting and it's just you in the game. For nine hours, you're not doing anything else. You're just watching the game, you're watching every ball. And that's where, you know, there are times when these days when I tweet something and it happens and people are like, how are you doing this? So I'm like, I'm not doing it. It's just coming out in terms of having seen these guys play that you know that if Jemima comes in early and she's cover driving and she hits it well, she would be in for a great day. If Maxwell starts off with a boundary, you know, he's timing it well. He's not going to attempt a slog because he's confident he's timing it well. So these are all the things that you pick up only when you're just watching the game and there is no distraction of phones or social networks. And I found it fortunate that I always had a decent speed text commentary made it even better. So then you're always just watching, tweeting, watching, writing, watching, writing, watching, writing. So yeah. I think uh, that really kind of helped me understand the small, you know, how uh, you see during the IPL that uh, Dhoni moves, you know, gets a point in place to Hardik and Hardik is the next ball straight to that person. Now, all of this, if you've seen in the past, you can relate to it that this is not the first time it's happened with him. So whatever I understand today, I feel. You have to spend enough time you have to invest that time and only then all of this can come naturally to you in terms of okay you are able to feel that okay now this will happen now this can happen and now this can be done so yeah one yeah. entry is what it is
0: that it's fascinating to me because i've only done that once and this was many many years ago and i'm 85 sure it was for sports kita but this was before sports kita became big it was still kind of like an emerging organization and sports website and i think they were looking for volunteers to do like because they had just started this text commentary thing and this was again before i was married and all of that and i did that once for like one game and, and i think it was a t20 and by the end i was like i don't want to do this again <laughs> this requires a lot of discipline like you can't get distracted by anything else you have to be so focused and so i i, I i've always had admiration for people who do it because they know that you have to be so tuned in with the game.
1: Yeah, and no, just to add a great or a silly anecdote to it, uh, so of course we were always managed better in terms of they would mix formats for us, you know, that you won't do only test matches for us a, for a subsequent period of time because we would have to cater to different time zones. But the best part about the text commentary bit was when I went in for my test the very first day, There, there's always a mock test that they give you. Okay, they tell you that this is the toss and you have to do it in the first five hours the best and the most favorite memory of mine in this career is when they gave me that game i knew that game so when i was told okay. that you have to do uh this game for a mock test i was like yeah this is england west indies uh, uh second to second t20 i uh, second odi i know what gale will do i know how the pitch will be here for the first five hours. i'm sorted and to me, that was such a see. There are very, there are uh, very few moments in life where you feel that okay, you can do it. And that yeah. was that one moment of realization for me that you know, okay, maybe this is something that I can do because if I could see that uh, game, and I had fresh memories of it, okay, maybe I have seen these highlights just a few days back. And then I, I, I didn't have to do even the first over because I had already said this to the guy who's you know supervising me. He is like. Okay, I don't think we need more information there in terms of uh, <laughs> how crazy you are about this, yeah. but obviously, you have to test stuff. So I did the pitch report, I wrote how the first few hours will go. And because again, when you get something very scarcely, when it's limitedly available, uh, available, you remember things. So which is why all those cricketing for years where how I would read that commentary, that helped me give that test even better, because I know what I was reading. And I know what a fan would want to read. So I think all of these right. play very small, small, but very crucial parts in at times me feeling that I'm ready for this. So you know, that's why maybe text comment is the bit that I have always prided on and I still do it many times. If I feel that, okay, I'm not getting a hang of this game. I'll open the notepad and I'll start typing. It will just bring back all those muscle memories and then you are okay. Now we are fresh. Yeah. Let's watch this game again.
0: This is, this is fascinating to me. I think we can just go on and on about like, because it, it is, you know, uh, speaking with fellow like cricket fans and of varying degrees, like in terms of like how passionate they are about the game and how they exercise that passion. We can go on and on. Uh, but uh, suffice to say, it's, uh, it's not what we, <laughs> the focus of this episode, but uh, again, fascinating. Um, you know, I, actually, I just remembered yesterday uh i'm not making this up yesterday me and my wife we were we were talking about like you know like coordinating some appointments like medical appointments and we were like talking about dates and i wasn't i was kind of half paying attention and she said oh there's something on available on april 24th and just reflexively i th- i was like not even paying attention to it. and i was like oh i think that's Sachin's birthday right. yeah. and she turned to me and she's like who <laughs> <laughs> And I was like, oh, never mind. It's such a title, great. It's it's yeah. not a big deal. And she just yeah. looked at me like as if I was crazy. <laughs> because if you ask me any of my family members' birthday, I need like two or three seconds to think of. But this was like I yeah. just hear the date and it just reflexively, yeah, there's such a birthday. But that's how yeah, that's how different levels of crazy, but yeah, yep, that's yep, how it's yep. kind of uh in you know. us. But I'm gonna turn this over to my silent partner, Mayank, <laughs> uh, to take us to the, the main. Yeah. Theme of this episode and i think it's a very very good uh it, it, i'm sure everyone will have different opinions on it which is why it makes it a very good topic of discussion so over to you mike
2: all right well thanks nick for joining us and, and what a fascinating start to uh to the episode so i'll get right into it i think the first piece firstly for all coaches there's a lot of different aspects that we want to look at right how they're doing on each aspect the first one that I want to open up is man management, uh, and obviously, they, you know Shastri in particular was there for a much longer time. So, to compare Shastri with Dravid, or for that matter, any other coach, it's it's never going to be you know comprehensive. You have to look at a lot of different incidences. But one of the things that stood out to me, especially when Dravid started uh, back in twenty eleven uh, November, was he clearly told Vidyaman uh, Saha that there was no future for him in the Test team. With uh, people like Prashant, Shan Kishan, and others knocking the door, um, it's likely that such conversations happened with the likes of Amesh Yadav with Ishan Sharma, who were you know subsequently dropped. Uh, which which was a great step forward in the man management uh, aspect because I think we've all seen players come out and say, "Oh, there was no communication," things like that. Uh, so Nikhil, I'll I'll pull you in here. What are your thoughts about? management aspects of Dravid's tenure um, and and maybe it's very you know it's not constant throughout but uh, I'll let you take it away.
1: No, I think fair points there in terms of uh, doing and uh, getting an upgrade, but I feel even with uh, with Rabbit at times I felt that uh, the the core bit is still the same in terms of again it made it might be there that the communication is always there with the players but from the outside sometimes you don't kind of understand what is being talked to the player let's take an example of sanju samson so for all this time he picked in the wrong format in the wrong world cup year now i want to then be a fly on that wall and understand that what is being told to him that why is he getting picked in a, in a t20 side when it's an odia world cup year and then if it's a t20 world cup year why is this the other way around? so uh, i think The communication has always been done if it's a major thing, like you rightly pointed out that, okay, we are going to move on from you. So maybe you can explore other opportunities, which is what probably happened with Vridiman and Ishan. And India still misses Ishan Sharma. So that is still just to get that in that India have missed Ishan Sharma in the away test. So I think that is there. But uh, at this point of time, my expectations from uh, Rahul Dravid, the coach, who's part of the setup, were probably far more. Uh in terms of what is to be done, because if you are great at man management, I would still not be happy if you get back a guy into the squad two years out of wilderness. And this is not the and it's not it didn't happen once, it happened twice. So I think that is something or somewhere I felt that uh again there is a larger picture there, which I think I'm sure we'll get into later, where I think it's about the vision that both these coaches had. And with Rahul and uh, Rohit, I think that vision is very short-term. But with uh, with Ravi and uh, uh, Virat, I felt there was a very clear vision to which they were following. And they were very horses for courses in that role. That we'll do whatever it takes to get there. And as you said, there were a lot of casualties in that process. But yeah, in terms of communication, probably say that Rahul gets that one tick uh, as opposed to Ravi.
0: I'm curious to hear your, your guys' thoughts on wh- how, how much importance you would give to the personality of the coach and how important or if it is important when it comes to man management. Because when I think of Shastri and Ravid, uh, right off the bat, you know, one is so bombastic. He doesn't hold back. You know, he's fiercely protective of his players. But at the same time, he doesn't hesitate to call you out. He, he He's not one to be very diplomatic. Right. And then you have another who his entire persona or legend is he's this soft spoken, mild mannered, like, you know, he's like the gentleman of, you know, when you think of the word gentleman in Indian cricket, he's the first name that comes to mind. Um, I'm just curious, like, how would that translate to managing players? Like when someone is going through a bad patch, how do you when how do you like approach that player? How do you speak to him? How do you guide that? Do you think the personality of the coach in any way impacts that, or do you think that's not even a factor?
2: Uh, I can go first, and um, I, I think it, it's fascinating because it, it's pretty clear that you know both of them have taken hard decisions. So Shastri, for example, dropped Dhawan from the test team. Uh, it was it was the right call, and then Dravid at a later stage when Shubman Gill was ready, did it for from the one day setup, for example. Um, now this is one example, but both of them obviously understand when hard decisions need to be taken. The communi- communication piece gets interesting because uh, you might say that it's, it's, it's basically subjective. Like, you know, you might really like the fact that Shastri is blunt and upfront and, you know, somebody like Rishabh Pant got the silent treatment and that meant you better focus. And that works for Rishabh Pant, but maybe some other player may not get the message when... Somebody does that, and they might actually like Dravid coming around and putting their hand on you know their shoulder and and uh, talking through things so I think that that is where it gets tricky uh, I think obviously in general clear communication is is not being dropped without especially the players who've been around for a while if it's somebody who's played one test series I you know that person is anyways has a high chance of being rotated but um, players who have been around for a while communication with them is probably key because those are the key players that form your core base the others are it's never really going to be easy to talk to every single person and you know how depending on how they react depending on their personality
1: yeah i think i completely buy that point also and just to maybe add another example of this is uh it's your job also as a man manager to know what works for what person as you know mayan rightly pointed out you know what works, how does Ravi has to talk with Shami to get him fired up. But that same way it will not work with Risha. So it's also your job as a lead in that setup that you must know that when you have to give a shoulder around the arm or when you have to be very stern and say that, okay, this is not something that will work. So I think that will always be there and it will be part of the setup. In terms of communicating, communicating also, I feel it's also important to communicate with the guys who are not picking and it's where I said about the expectations, I want to hear what Rahul has said to Surfaraz Khan that why is he not part of the setup? Because again, we may not know as long as Surfaraz knows it's fine. So I think that is also the bit about man management because of course you are in India. There will always be 100 people who will miss out because you have that, that many options. But then I feel it's also then the job of the guys in power to address them. In in equal measure that, okay, we know you're scoring a lot of runs, but unfortunately, this is how it's been done. You take an example of Australia right now that Steve Smith is going to open the batting. You would hope and you would assume that the work, that the communication is done with Cam, Bancroft and the others. That, you know, this is why this is it. And from what we heard, from, from what we read, Pat Cummins called up, you know, Bancroft and said that, no this snub is not about what happened in the past. Now, when you hear a lot of Indian cricket stories, which are not important, come to come out, I want all of this to also come out because then what it eventually does is I think it 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 credits the fans also and it makes us not guess because I think it's another one to put it very, very, uh, you know, uh, honestly, the fans deserve that much for giving you their heart and time and soul that because it is the most important part. You eventually, you're picking 11 guys out of so many. So you have to address every concern that's out there. if when you have picked the Sky, but not somebody else. I just hope you have talked to the person that, okay. I mean, how does Sarafras Khan today look at this? That, you know, Sky has played for India in test, but not me. I wouldn't sit well with it if I would if I was Sarafras. So this is where I would expect that that communication is done from with him.
0: Do you think... Um... You know because you brought up the example in australian cricket with cummins and bancroft that f- f- with indian with the indian team with the culture of the indian team that they're w- what is your picture of the ideal coach for an indian team for the indian men's team like I, I look back at some of the coaches that india has had you know some of the ones who have done well are john wright and gary kirsten but then you also have someone like ravi shastri a very different in, in in the way they manage players, or just you know the way with their strategies. Um, so, do you think there doesn't need to be like an ideal template for an Indian coach? Because I feel like the Indian team is unique, uniquely positioned in world cricket because
2: yep. the
0: challenges and uh the public involvement <laughs> with the Indian team is so much more different than how it is with other countries. So how crucial it is or how important it is for the coach of the Indian men's team to have certain attributes that, you know, is just absolutely mandatory.
2: I don't know if there's an ideal answer, um, because it, it also depends on what state the team is. If you look at Gary Kirsten's tenure, a lot of our senior players were coming towards the end of their you know careers. Uh, such an obviously a big one the was close to his end so was Seema, Gambhir, so a lot of them were coming towards the end of their careers and uh, there was a way that it needed to be handled which obviously wasn't uh, idly done by uh, greg chapel for for example but when shastri took over i, I don't mean as mean as coach but when Shastri took over as team director in 2014 it was a very young team you know a lot of these people had gone out uh, we look at our tours of south africa our tours of australia it was first or second tour for majority of the team so it needed to be handled differently um so i don't really know if there's a you know an ideal coach i feel like either have their pros and benefits if a shastri uh being stern with a bunch of youngsters works at a certain period of the team and and Dravid's approach works at some other period of the te- uh you know phase of the team i should say And I think that's where each of them, like the three that you named worked out really well. John Wright and Gary Kirsten had somewhat similar things. They were at a period where the team was, uh, John Wright was more at at a point where the team was, you know, pretty close to their peak. A lot of these top stars that we had in the early 2000s were about to peak or were peaking already. Um, So it was, you know, just helping them along while Gary Kirsten was more sitting back and making sure the environment was great but when Shastri came in he had to put more of a step put, uh you know put more of a foot down like for example we've seen all the COVID related incidences where in Australia they had crazy rules and Shastri was having none of it and and the team was very grateful that they had somebody with you know 40 years of experience with that with um, that personality who could put their step down and you know literally tell a Commissioner, that hey, we aren't going to follow these ridiculous rules, uh, and that really helped the team mentally. So, it, different styles, and they help the team in different manners. So, it's it's very circumstantial, and I think it's obviously you have to look at as a as BCCI or as any cricket board, you have to kind of look at the phase that the team is going through. If you know, for example, even Australia is you know going towards a phase where a number of their top players will retire in the next five years, um, and and so. They have to be cognizant of that and make a decision according to what works well. Um, I will. I'll jump in. I'll go into the uh, the next piece that I wanted to sort of key in on, and that was in-game strategy. And uh, so, in-game strategy obviously is is a little bit hard to judge because one, you don't know if it's a coach making the call, but you don't know if it's a captain making the call, or it's a combination of the two. Maybe it's somebody from a uh, like a data analyst who's making the call. Um, but nonetheless, uh, looking at our two previous coaches. So, firstly, Shastri, one of the big pros that uh, I, you know, is obviously the the success that India had down under in Australia, and particularly their strategy of taking out the leg side, uh, uh, taking out the outs off side, I should say for people like Steve Smith. Um, that was a very good strategy that was worked out with obviously the leadership of Bharud And then, of course, the introduction of wrist spinners after India's Champions Trophy debacle, um, uh, the final. And then when I look at Dravid, obviously there were, the pro was moving on from players like Dhawan, who obviously have a very solid ODI record, but it was time that he was you know going past his peak. He recognized Gil was shaping up really well. Um, and then things such as, you know, allowing Rohit to bat with the freedom that he did in the ODI World Cup. In a, in a number of games, he the way he ma- play, managed the power play, South Africa, for example, against South Africa, the game was pretty much over then. You know, Jansen was out of the attack and all of that. So we see both these coaches having their, you know, positives. Um, Nikhil, where do you think both of them stand um, from an in-game strategy perspective, and things, uh, any any things that you know stood out as uh, why for both of
1: these, and I'm sure all of us have a lot of why's for both of them. Uh, whether it is Kuldeep uh, playing after a day of rain on a grassy deck, or picking two guys for a one-off test when both of them haven't played much cricket, and then you know they lack control. So I think it probably sums up both of them uh, in terms of how they've had to function to the test of time, uh, you know, I think the Australia series probably gave a lot of, uh, what you would call it, some kind of freedom or a cushion to that, uh, to the duo that, you know, it's a very big thing and rightly so. So you deserve that bit of leeway that when you are able to execute something as, as uh, there isn't a bigger word to tell you about winning a test series in in, in Australia. So it is. And, It's also the manner in which it happened and it's also the way you did it. So you could potentially see everything being done to a plan that, okay, this is how we are going to go about it. This is how everybody's going to bowl and it's one thing to plan and one thing to execute. So I think that's where probably uh, the earlier doer gets a lot more praise from mine because overseas tools are always tricky, And if you're able to do that in one of the toughest places to travel, I think you deserve a lot more leeway in that sense. And that actually leads to even further disappointment for me with the current setup in terms of how they went about things away from home. You lost two tests to South Africa. You cannot do that with with the side that you went there with. And we'll all talk about the batting but the bowling has been a letdown for a while. And the same pattern continued in England and now you saw the same pattern continue in South Africa in 2023. That the first test, it took you time. It, it, it cannot happen. I mean, you, you are a side that went out there, out of your way, with random people, commentators don't even know about them. They've gone on and, went, and won a series in Australia. But you're telling me that India cannot bowl the right length or they're not able to adjust to that length over a period of five test matches away from home. So I think the, the in-game strategy bit also involves correcting your errors. So I think in that aspect, I probably feel and again, it's also due to maybe the expectations. I felt that Australia series raised the bar too high you know, for the side to be able to then not live up to. Because then if you are then struggling, how is Shardul not able to control the line and then here in South Africa when he was able to do it in Australia. So what is it that is going wrong? Something is missing. So, and again, as you said, from the outside, it is always going to be subjective because you don't exactly know who is the person who is ticking off the calls. That yes, Bharat Arun is sitting with the bowling, uh, with the bowlers, but then my point is, do you don't forget what you did there, right? Those lessons are always going to be there with you. So it can't happen that if a Paras Amri has come, with, come on on board, you suddenly forgot what you did or what worked for you in the past. So I think that's where uh, I feel maybe those the 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 twin series wins gives them that more leeway and cushion. Because also I still cannot get around my. Uh, I'm not using the word for a reason. How do you not bowl a short ball to Travis? It is it is beyond belief that you stick to something and you don't move from there at all. It is very very. You don't even know whether it is rigid or you know we'll just back this. give a bad beat, ra, bad beat, but you did it when he was in nineties and he got out immediately. So what were you waiting for? And again, it's not a blame on any one person, because it's a, it's a collective system that is taking the scores. So I think in terms of in-game strategy, uh, I would say in a way that Rohit and Rahul were very defensive. Whenever there was a big moment, they were always very defensive. Whether it is playing Ashwin or playing people when you don't have to play them, you played Ashwin in the first test and hardly used him with the ball. Why? you would rather play somebody else then or you you go and say that okay in the final you sent jadeja over uh, over sky knowing that the pitch is slow and the later sky comes it will be even more tougher for it yes there is a there is a logic to say that okay you know surya is there for the back end you know he's there for the entry point is important we'll get him in the 40th over mark but then you went away for something that's worked for you and you did not want to attack so, the, I don't know if it's a fair comparison, but immediate callback to that is that one video that we all seen of rishampath coming down the wicket to Nathan Lyon. That a ball prior, Lyon is spinning the ball square. The next ball, rishampath is coming down and hitting him for a six. Indian cricketers lack that courage of in that in that big moments, you've needed... Of course, it, it has luck involved that when Rohit tried to do that with Maxwell, Travis to a great catch. Yes, given that, But then you need such moments to happen. You need that Washington Sundar 6 kind of moment also to just be ahead. So I think in terms of that, I feel maybe I have expected a lot out of Rahul and Rohit, purely from the sense that you also have to take into consideration what all was said. You know, when they wanted, when they did not want Virat in the setup, you heard so many things that this is a given. You know, on-game strategy will be like this, this will be like this, this will be taken care of, that will be taken care of. And then when you don't do it, you have to be ready to take the flak as well. Okay, okay, it is not working out for you. And we have made these calls. And if your coach comes out and tells me that we did not win the final because the pitch did not spin, then I am done. I have no hopes or expectations from you. Good luck. And again, I'm not being harsh. I just feel that. Uh, it was it was built up in such a nice way that even from a neutral perspective, it feels like it's like a letdown. It, damn, yeah, you have so many things working your way. But still, there is so much room for, you know, getting just the basics right.
2: Yeah, I think it, it's a case of so close, but yet yeah. so far. Uh, uh, and where we were in under Shastri and Kohli, we started to dominate overseas. Uh, ICC tournaments, we'll keep that aside. But uh, you know, <laughs> I, apart from that, like overseas in particular, tests uh, that that have been, uh, it, it is true that there have been a little bit of disappointment. Um, of course, there have been factors such as you know Rishabh Pant being unavailable after doing well abroad. So there are other factors which we can't always, you know, call out every single one of them. But the one other aspect where I found, uh, you know, the, the two teams. Uh, and their approach, a little bit disappointing was just the you know how conservative they got when it came to an ICC trophy. Um, and again, I I would agree that it is probably true that Dravid did that more than Shastri. Having said that, like I I do think Dravid also had much less leeway. He's done it for two years while Shastri did it for nearly four, so had more time. Uh, but I, I will say that across those years that Shastri was you know the coach. Um, the approach in the T20 World Cup and the ODI World Cup was something that uh, was, was a little surprising, like the not having a clear number four for the 2019 World Cup, that will always stand as a sort of a sore thumb. And even fielding coach, coach Sridhar mentioned in his book that during a 20 World Cup, he noticed that people weren't practicing the sweep. The game was against Afghanistan. There were a lot of spinners and they might have gone on to win that game, but they weren't really practicing sweeps and things like that. They were very rigid with their, their thought process, their practices, and all of that. Um, so thoughts on that, uh, Nikhil and and of course, Benny.
1: Yeah, Benny, you want to go, have a go because I can. I'll... <laughs> <laughs> I don't want to get onto another rant. I can go.
0: <laughs> Trust me, I will go off on another rant just on the issue of the number four in uh, uh, ODI's when Shastri was there because that's still. You know, uh it's it's a sore point for me because that team of 2019 uh, was a really good ODI side. You know, the we had Dawan and Dawan and Rohit at the top. Uh, you know, Virat Kohli um, and KL Rahul and Pandya, Pand, you know, players who always like turned up and you know, India won a lot of games and even in that particular World Cup. Even with the lack of a good number four, you know, India was very dominant and one it was one, one of the best teams of that World Cup. So to me, um, yeah, that's still a sore point. That of all the things, you know, the number four issue, if we had we it's not like India didn't have any number four. We just didn't have, we didn't pick them consistently. Like Raidu was doing well, Shaiasar was decent, of course. He didn't have he didn't play too many games at that point, but still we had options, but we just messed with, like, trying Rahul Pant and the poor Vijay Shankar, you know. Um, so anyway, uh, but given all of that, yeah, the, the rigid approach under Shastri, it, I, it actually makes me think Shastri was a good coach for the test side. He was decent with limited overs, but I wonder if the constant kind of switching between the formats, if it had anything to do with Because the kind of approach that they had in test cricket, you know, was very good. You know, they were aggressive. They knew when to like go for the kill. They knew when to like hold back and play. But then when it came to the limited overs format, they almost seemed to transfer that approach, but also being a little more conservative because they didn't want to go full out, you know, like just fully aggressive. And I wonder if it's time, uh, and I'm curious to hear your guys' thoughts on it too, if it's, it's time to go like the England route and have probably a, one coach for the test side and a separate coach for the limited over formats. Do you think that will help just have a better strategy for the specific formats rather than, you know, just mixing up everything? Because I, I felt, this is my personal opinion, that under Shastri at least, it just felt muddled when switching between the formats.
1: Yeah, I think that... I'll get to that separate bit because it's, I, it almost feels like I have a flag bearer of that separate pool, separate pool, separate pools bit. I've almost said it too many times that people are wondering what am I ranting about. But I think that will solve a lot of problems, but we'll just get to that in the second bit. To the first part, I think 2019 hurts to a lot of people. Also because as I said, it is about how ready you felt that the team was. That You had everything there that you wanted uh, in terms of peak form, everybody knowing their roles very, very clearly. And you had, you ticked almost all the boxes and then comes that big day and it is something that's probably stuck with Rahul, Ravid and Rohit as well that on the big day you end up getting defensive. The one reason that you've picked MS in the side for to arrest a collapse. Yeah. You don't do it. Because I think I think it's 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 general term in Indian cricket, which I hope changes very soon. Is, I think we are very scared to lose. Uh, to put yeah. it in to put it in Shane One's great words, and what great words now that I reflect upon them, you have to be ready to lose to win, and I think that is what has been missing from Indian cricket since 2019. See, 2017, that yeah. Champions Trophy game, I think it can happen, because. Uh, Right. You can have an off day. It It is fine. Completely fair and fine. You had a rehearsal, complete madness. Okay, take it into message. But 2019, to use Dhoni's own terms, control is not done well. So I think that's where a lot of angst is there against uh, Ravishas and Virat that you probably messed up your biggest chance that this was your time to just go out there, seal the legacy. And if you imagine getting a World Cup and then going on to win in Australia, it's the pinnacle. You can't ask for anything more. Uh, though an Indian fan will always ask about New Zealand series when I want South Africa series. When, but to be uh, to be a bit more real and practical. So I think that is there. Uh, but as you rightly put, I think Indian cricket has always been very... At times I felt they focused too much on one format only. And I think that did not help Rahul and Rohit that they were consecutive T20 World Cups, which meant that they were always very short sighted in terms of what do we need to do for this format? And then because you're not playing the other format enough, you're not really getting into the hang of playing together as a side. For that purpose, I'll credit Rahul and Ruth a lot for the way they were able to shape this 23 ODIA World Cup team because this is for the first time in a long time, an Indian team had a template, a template which wasn't the age old top three will bat deep will score. No, you, clearly understood that there's one guy who's going to go very hard at the top. The other will probably be an accelerating anchor for you. Then you have Virat who will bat deep. Then you have a Spain basher in Shreyas. kale Rahul, the guy has probably faced probably the entire circle of Indian cricket in his uh, career already. He's coming in. <laughs> and so, to the man management aspect, that's where I'll credit Rahul and Rohit a bit more for backing Shreyas and KL in the format. Because I think that is that was a win for them. That they backed and they identified that yes, these are our solutions to the biggest gaping hole that Rishabh has left us. Again, you would say that, okay, he didn't do much before that century to make you feel that, okay, he's there in this format. But to cover up for that, I think they did that fairly well. But you kind of go to that 2019 problem and then you come to 2023 and then you feel that, did you really need that pitch to be with you? And it's... It then ties up me with that problem of accessing conditions that you kind of feel that everything is the same, but it's different that, okay, you're not reading pitches well, you're playing Kuldeep, you're not reading pitches well, you're not taking Ashwin, you're picking Ashwin, you're picking Umesh and Shardul for dry spells, but this is not that kind of year. They worked in the four test series because it was a different time of the year. They could attack the stumps, reverse swing would come into play. This is not the case. And then you come to 2023. And if George Bailey is able to read conditions better than you in Ahmedabad, of all of all the venues that you would want to be very very confident about uh, it kind of leaves you with a sigh okay why? i mean what what could it have been and whether whether you had a backup plan to that in terms of what if you know what if oscilla bowl first what do we do? how do we go about it because we know i mean a lot of us felt that uh when when Rohit's catch was taken that this is done because many of us knew that this team will now take time. That, that's what they did versus South Africa as well. But they found a way but Australia were just far too prepared and they were able to prepare because they were they had already ticked the biggest box there in terms of reading conditions Well, which is why in the chase they did not mind coming out and going bashing at the new ball because they knew it's a very short period of time. In even, even the wickets that India got of Warner and others, Smith wasn't even out. <laughs> he
0: Of <laughs> all days, he
1: didn't to review. It was the World Cup final. So
0: yeah.
1: I feel in terms of preparation uh, and ICC tournaments, both of them had their fair share of moments in terms of preparing well. To I think both teams prepared well. But again, on the big day, they both probably made an error that they would feel that this was avoidable
2: and I'm glad you brought up pitches because uh, that's been one aspect where you know like in, in as we've said like in, whether we look at man management whether we look at in game strategy both coaches or both eras have had their you know positives both have had their negatives you can say this a little more than others pitches is not the case pitches we have a clear winner with Shastri being absolutely you know literally saying that I do not give a shit about pitches we are there to win no matter what happens and while under Dravid's tenure, and obviously I don't know how much of this is, uh, uh, Rohit's uh, input in as well, but India seemed to have really gone for slower wickets and turners, uh, trying to maximize the you know Jareja and and Ashwin advantage, particularly in tests. But but nonetheless, it's you know it it's sort of taken away a little bit from the versatility that we had in home pitches. For example, England tour of 2016 is, is what comes to mind where there were times when England won the toss, batted first, made 400, and then lost by an innings, which, which showed how good India was, irrespective of what kind of pitch showed up. And we've kind of lost that a little bit. Uh, and to be fair, we started losing that towards the end of Shastri's uh, tenure itself. But uh, I think we've just gone in the wrong direction, speci- specifically two to pitches.
1: Just to add, how much of it do you attribute it to WTC? I think that has led to this a lot more. And, you know, I think uh, Mark Butcher made a great point about you wanted to incentivize Test Cricket, but what you have eventually ended up doing is you probably incentivize home teams to be desperate for wins at home because they don't know what they'll get ahead. And that is resulting in everybody having a two-day test for potential two, three-day test unless you're Pakistan because they always love to play on roads so uh, sorry Karachi uh, <laughs> no no offense there you can score PSL 250s no problem uh, so I think that is not helped both the coaches what I fail to understand is how is it so obvious to all of us out there that you know these rank turners nobody's against spin pitches trust me all of us would love if Ashwin can take out the middle stump of Ben Ducket every single ball of an over. We would love it. But how much of it is it helping you in terms of long term? You are winning at home. You are invariably going to play a WTC final in a somewhere completely away from your conditions, and this this skill is not going to come into picture. So all you are then probably planning to do is. Let's just get to the final and then whatever happens, but then that whatever happens is meaning that you are picking people who are not ready for that pitches. You are picking two people who are not having control. So I think in that, the Bangladesh test was a great scare. I mean, if not for Shreya Sair and Ravi Ashwin, uh, you would be in really, really troubled waters as an Indian cricket official that, oh my God, what is happening here? Uh, Because ODI series can still be excused. It's happened in the past. Most of us did this, did that. But losing a test? And today, I genuinely feel India are an injury scare away to Ashwin from completely losing their minds at home. Because at this point of time, given how short-sighted everything has been, because of the pitches, you don't have anybody ready. Tomorrow, you don't know if Sauru Kumar is going to be the guy who will be your... Jadeja replacement or Sai Kishore is being th- thought about or Jayant are the only place in IPL when it's against Delhi or uh, you know it's uh, certain occasions or certain games in India in Bankade somewhere. I think the all of this comes down to having a vision which is where I credit Ravi as you rightly said a lot more because at least they had a vision that in Test cricket we want to do well away from home and what will it take? I think it's something that I give them over MS as well where they did something to change it, in terms of brought in a culture where you are you are giving impetus to Pacers, and of course MS had his own fair share of trying to groom people, and then the best versions of them came out with the right approach and right uh, culture from Virat, and when you won away. But again, if you come back to home and you say let's play on two to three day test, uh, my point is what if baseball back what is what if baseball fires on you? They are coming with six seven batters. If the scores are going to be in the range of 250, two of their batters come out and come good. It doesn't matter whether they get 250 in two sessions or 250 in six sessions. You are going to be out there under pressure for far so much longer because you have not given your side that confidence. That See, tomorrow I don't want the discussions about Jadeja and Ashwin to be like, you know, they played on such kind of decks. It's not that. They are far greater bowlers. I mean, they
0: already have that now.
1: <laughs> I mean, and people are already using that, is, that.
0: Yeah.
1: And see, they will always use it. So There are things that you know people will keep saying, but in your mind, you still know that it's not its not the fact. But the problem is now you are making it so obvious to the world that even those who want to feel in their mind that no, they are great bowlers, you are going to show them a picture that, okay, if tomorrow, Jorud comes on and bowls, he can also get a 10 for. You don't want that to happen. So, I think a lot of it has to come down to the coach or the captain involved and then, as Sasi said, take the pitch out of the equation, Rahul and Rohit have put it to the center of it and it's to the center of every format that in ODI World Cup, the biggest reason that came out was the pitch not turn, and I mean, the rest is just there for all of us to just think about. It's like, you know, there is a great student. He he has he's learned, he's done all of his homework. But this, there is just this something that the student wants extra. And in trying that extra bit, he's losing out on everything else that he can get. So I just feel sad for the two people involved in Rohit and Virat. Because I think very few nations have a top order who can dominate a decade. India had two of the guys to do right. that in multiple formats. And for them to not end up with anything for something that's not even in their heads. And they've all had their share of cracks at the captain CKY. Now I am the captain, now I am the captain, but sometimes you just have to address so many things that you're not able to control a lot of things.
0: Great points about uh, the WTC, by the way, Nicole, because uh, me and Mike, we have spoken about this on a previous episode, like how, you know, the the, con- the idea is good, but the concept and the execution of the way the teams would qualify to the final isn't great it's actually it's not good is how I would put it it's not it's not even it's not fair uh, so hopefully that will be improved upon uh, but specifically to the points of the pitches I've always firmly believed that you have to maximize your home advantage right so when you go to India you expect okay there's gonna be challenging surfaces it's gonna be more favorable to spin uh, in a, if, if you went to South Africa or Australia Traditionally, you expect faster, bouncier pitches in England or New Zealand. You expect seaming pitches. You know, in an ideal world, you know, when teams tour those countries, they they go in expecting that. But that's 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 the fun, you know. <laughs> that's where, you know, as a overseas team, you want to prove yourself that even in those kind of uh, conditions, you can beat the home team. Uh, but what we're seeing play out is where the home teams you know, like you said, they dial it up to the extreme and occasionally in India you get extreme turners or in countries like South Africa, like, you know, we've seen recently, they make it way too favorable for the fast bowlers. And so what we end up having is these shortened, uh, games and then people start flinging mud at each other. Oh, when you, when this happens in India, nobody says anything (laughs) or, you know, you know, so we go on back, back and forth without any actual solution. So I, I, I think so india should stick to spin friendly conditions we just shouldn't go overboard because yeah. unlike the indian team of probably even the early 2010s so the late 2000s when we had great spinners and great batsmen who could play spin we don't necessarily have that uh, you know we actually talked about this a few episodes ago that indian batters the modern indian batsman is not terrible against spin but at the same time, they're not as good as you know the Dravid, Tendulkar, Lakshman's uh, when they were playing. So, I think when it comes to favorable home conditions, it's not just the pitch; it's also utilizing the strength of your players in those yep. conditions. Um, and I think you know, like 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 mentioned. There, I think there is a in between, you know, where Shastri's almost like don't care about the pitches versus the Dravid's, so that let's maximize our home advantage. I think you can find a middle ground and make it favorable to your team without driving it completely to an extreme where suddenly the conversation is not even about the contest anymore, it's about like, you know, how it is decked in favor for the home team versus the touring team. So I hope to The only to see other that thing
2: I'll add on the pitches front, uh, sorry, Nikhil, I was just saying that the, the pitches front, the only other thing to worry about is in the long term, we're not giving our younger pacers enough experience of playing on the right pitches. So when they go abroad, they are going to yeah. struggle. Like, sure, you'll, you'll, you you know, you know, Ashwin is going to take an 8 for instead of taking a 5-4 at home. That might be a difference mm-hmm. with these extreme pitches. But our pacers, especially the younger ones, Prasid, um, Mukesh, all of these people are not going to have as much experience. Although they, you know, Mukesh in particular has played plenty of first-class cricket, but nonetheless, they, you know, if you start taking those pitches away, finding that same length when they go to South Africa, finding that same
0: length when they go to, you know, wherever. But that is what we have the A tours for, right?
2: Well, that has also been affected by COVID, so That's it, so it so does so get bad. complicated, like. After COVID, those tours have decreased. So again, it's not that we can blindly say, oh, when Dravid was coach, we didn't have, you know, Lakshman or whoever at the NCA uh, creating a pipeline of bowlers. Dravid did that, but Dravid was able to do that because they were eight tours before COVID. Uh, and this, you know, whoever's at the NCA now is doesn't have the same liberty. So it's a little more complicated than just blaming the coach. It, it does get complicated, which is why this is not a straightforward debate whatsoever. But but it does matter, it, you know, from a perspective of, you know, just like what you're inspiring your, you know, the next generation to do. If you're if you know that you're a fast bowler, you're really going to have, you know, a say or a, a reasonable say in a game when you're playing abroad. I don't know if that's really great motivation for somebody young. Uh, so it, it's just one of those things that you know doesn't get. Talked about directly, we will obviously talk about slinging mud and okay, uh, this was a biased test series or whatever. But there are the longer-term impacts which also need to be thought about.
1: Yeah, and you know, just to yeah. you know, just to add, I think the one way you can probably say a lot of things kind of build a very good narrative with India is uh, they are far too much. They are too focused on winning this game. They are far too focused on just winning, just winning. You're not thinking about how how or whether it is helping you to build a longer, see the bigger picture. Like you a new captain comes in, he's like, the conditions are good for bowling, I'll bowl first. I remember, why bad first now. The the point here is everybody wants because again it's a system that is built in such a way that we can't afford to lose. Again, it's like the same point that Rohit comes out against Afghanistan. You want to chase why? Batting first has been the problem. So bat first, and that that third T20I is an even perfect example of why you should do it more often. Because only then, if you know, as Benny suggested, if you want to go the England route, you want to be aggressive all the while. You will only know if you do it enough, and that's what even Morgan talked about during before the 20, 2019 World Cup that. There was a game against, even in Ireland test match, they got bowled out very cheaply. They had an ODI where they got bowled out very cheaply. And that's why Morgan in and said that there will be such days. But what we have to take away is not to stop playing those shots, but to find the balance better. I think with India, that balance is not there in terms of trying to win, but trying to win with while achieving something. Like you saw the Australia series that happened after the World Cup. You had Shivam Dubey. you did not even give him one game. You did not even use the sixth bowler. You're going to come back. We'll have, we, all of us will have the discussion few months down the line. The people have come back. Where is the sixth bowler now? So the point is you're so focused on just winning now that you're not thinking about any long term vision that how will this impact me in the World Cup that okay, if it is the Caribbean, if it is US, all I'm concerned about selling tickets, selling tickets. I am not at this point of time concerned about Are ya, what will happen if this guy gets injured. Is he, Can Shivam actually replace Hardik? No. They're completely different personas and completely different roles. But all you want to do is take the first two games of the series, win, do random experiments in the 30-20, give Shivam Duve the 19th over, something he will never bowl in his life. I mean, all of us can write and give this to people that he will never bowl the 19th over. But what's the point of it? I would rather, which is why the Sundar over was still better. That, okay, you're still gaining something out of it. You're bowling an off spinner at a short ground to two people who can hit spin. I think all of these parts are, and it is why you kind of feel that if if the board is more transparent, if the system is more transparent and honest about their intentions, I think fans will accept. I think at this point of wow. time, there, there is a gap between what the board thinks fan wants I mean, what the fan actually wants, the what the fan wants is the fan wants to win the big ones. Yes. But if the if the management is able to tell you that, you know, uh, Rohit and Virat are not going to play this format because this is this, this. Then you can't go away for one and a half year with Hardik as the captain, him everywhere going, my team, my team, my team. And then suddenly you have a change of heart. It's not a change of heart, but the point is you've allowed this to grow. And I think I just feel it from a point of view of, you're not helping the brand of India Cricket. You know, eventually, you're not helping the brand of India Cricket to just stand out that tomorrow, today, we don't know who will be the captain of the T20 World Cup. It's six months down the line. You don't know a potential batting order because everybody's just too worried about their own things. That, no, let's not tell them this. At this point of time, they should just know this much that this is the coach, this is the extension, this is what you deserve to know. So I think if if players, if the management gets open about certain things, I don't want to know where he will bowl to Travis head. That's okay. You can keep it to yourself. But just tell me that Siraj or Mukesh will only be my red ball bowler. How is Prasid Krishna going to come back into the test side? This all information, I think can be let out. You can plan all of this better. And then the fear that there is there. No, the backlash will be there. It will not be there because then people will understand that, okay, this is what you're getting to. So, which is why the World Cup Eurofia was great because people knew what to expect. People knew that Rohit will come out hammering. We will love it. People, for the first time, I remember during my covering days that people were excited to see a new ball spell because they knew anything could happen. That Sri Lanka game was crazy on the roads. Wickets are falling. People are going mad. You rarely see that happen in inner cricket when a bowler is doing something like that. So I think it's there. It's there for them to just latch on to it. But I just hope there is just a bit more honesty. And then that expectation will also be taken care of. And then everybody will be together. But for that, the intention has to come right from the top that let's take all together. So all of these questions about pitches, everybody is talking about the game. That India England, what a great, what a great series we could have. Nobody right now is talking about matchups. That how who will bowl to Ben Stokes, uh, whether Ben folks should keep or Bay Stokes should keep, or all, all we are talking about. People have legit asked me how many ticket days should I take? Two days or three days? I mean, this this cannot be a conversation before an epic five match series of the possible three test sides that are left who are competing. So, it's just like from a fan perspective, you kind of feel all of this is there let's hope somebody addresses it
0: the one issue that i will take into account with <laughs> all that you said is that you said the fans will understand you know what <laughs> See, based my point on is, my experience see, the, i don't think so
1: see the majority see half of them don't even care we all know that enough yeah already enough 50 percent of it probably don't even care and again sorry i'm using that number without data uh most of them They just want to see you do well, with, and they forget about it the next day. But the ones who are talking about you, I mean, they are your keyboard warriors, right? To put it in the internet slang. You give them the right thing to talk about. And of course, they are the ones who are going to come and watch you all. They are spending their time and their money and their podcasts and times of their lives (laughs) making things (laughs) so that, you know, it's a living. A lot of us, for a lot of us, it's a living for a lot of us, it's a way to look forward. From our forget our lives so all of this is there the fans are at the core of it so i think if they talk to them if you talk to people they will eventually understand and you must know now how to talk that's that's the entire point of this freedom that tomorrow if a guy is walking down from a bus no matter you win or you lose on that day they may be angry but the very next day there will still be thousands of people cheering for you like a mad person they don't even know that you exist, but we still cheer for you. So I think that accountability somewhere should come into the system, that the people are accountable. Give them something. Don't give them everything. Right. You'll anyways not do it. But something. I think the one one
2: aspect we haven't covered is, you know, the board's role as well. And and again, that's yeah. it's very tough to cover because yeah. obviously a lot has happened since, you know, Shastri first became team director in twenty fourteen, then took over as coach in twenty seventeen. A lot has happened since. But one of the things that I was extremely disappointed on, uh, uh, extremely disappointed about was how Dravid's extension happened. They just like kind of woke up after the ODI World Cup, which was going to be their, you know, their marquee event. And then they were like, oh, wait, we have another World Cup in six months. How are we going to find a new coach? Well, yeah. Listen, go. we were
0: all in a hangover. Okay. So <laughs> post World <laughs> Cup hangover is like, <laughs> this has really happened. So I, I don't... Yeah. Uh, uh-huh, it definitely felt
2: that way. <laughs> it definitely felt you know that, that way. You know, that
1: that extension is there. exactly just a summary of what all we have discussed. That everything is very last minute. Everything is very, uh, oh, this is left. Let's do this. We have a task left at the end of the day. Let's just wrap it up somehow. Let's oh, you, are you free? <laughs> are you are you free? Oh, Nehra is saying no. You'll stay. I mean, the one press conference that was promised happened when the squad was at its most obvious best <laughs> what mm. what what else would you expect from them then that, that it's just not going to be there sorry i don't know if i sounded very pessimistic but uh
0: <laughs> i am i am an yeah, optimistic actually <laughs> <laughs> um
2: Moving on, so I know we've talked about it from various aspects. Again, not an apple-to-apple comparison, you know. Ashastis had more time. Um, The age when he came in, the cricketers were either very young or about to peak, while Dravid started to take over when uh, the the core of our team was in their 30s. Uh, There were injuries as well to complicate that thing. all of that said and done, when we look at the win-loss record of all uh, of both these coaches under Shaftri, especially when he became full-time coach in July 2017, since then, a better record in test, slightly better away, away from home as well, where they won 13, lost 12, as compared to Dravid, who uh, under Dravid, where it was five and five. Uh, on the... Limited overs front. Uh, Dravid actually, Dravid's team actually had a better win-loss record in, in ODIs, and then uh, they were much better in, in T20s actually, where they where they played a lot more. Uh, again, there also owes to the fact that they had two T20 World Cups, which is why they probably played a lot more, uh, and they won a lot more. So, uh, it's it's a mixed bag. It's not like, you know, clear-cut even if you want to look at it from a win-loss perspective. But having said all of that, having said provided all the context, injuries, board being indecisive, all of that. Where do you rate each of these tenures? Uh, And I guess one of the questions I've always had, and I had that thought, even when Dravid was starting as India coach was, wouldn't you prefer somebody like Dravid just continue the work that he's been doing at the under-19 level, at the A level, where he's been so successful?
1: Yeah, I mean, in a a world that was there in 2016, it did feel a lot better for Rahul as well in terms of, at this point in time, you don't even know whether he actually wanted the job in the very first place. Because there has been a lot of conjecture about that as well. So, if that is the case, even more uh, more uh, power to that thought of him being there at the feeder system. Because now you know why that feeder system is critical. And I think this is probably one of one of those phases of Indian cricket where it's probably going to be at its most important because you are legit going to have transition in all three formats of the game very, very soon. And there is an ICC trophy happening for fun every year. If you don't take care of this feeder system now, like like you actually pointed out about the a 2s post-Covid, this is a loop If you don't take care of this feeder system now, you're going to look away and probably pick the wrong people in the wrong format and again open a different can of worms. So I think uh, in that regard, I generally feel India needs, the time is there for India to have a Director of Cricket. Uh, and to, for me, that role is to be the overpowering person. Again, we've talked, the we've lost the ship about a Cricketer leading the board and that leading to better days. So I'm not getting into that uh, details, but a director to then take care of separate coaches for each format. Because just to add to the point that Benny mentioned just a while back, because I think India have the resources. To have separate pools for each format, and that's where you probably have a uh, you know a chart in front of you that okay this is the guy at the top at the help. he is deciding he's taking care of all the calls that are being done, and then you have Rahul Ravid at the key bottom bottom key chain of this, saying that okay these are my players for every format, okay you want an ODI batter for me this is the guy who is ready, okay you want an all rounder Russian Kolkata is ready take him in this format, so I think. The problem with India cricket is because everything is so short term, you are like, okay, this is a T20 World Cup year, let's just take the best resources here. It's an ODIA World Cup year, let's take them all here. I think if you have a streamlined structure where there is separate coaches, separate pools, then you have a pool of that format of players only. So then you're not going to be worried Okay, if Rahul is leading today, six six months down the line, will he be the guy who will eventually come back into the T20 side after a good IPL? No. Why? you know Ajitay Sharma is ready, you know Ishan Kishan is being ready for that role or you know a new guy has come up and he's had a great season, we want to try it. I think if that is taken care of, it will be great. And I think which is why Dravid at, with his input and maybe his style of working, I would not really mind him being at the under-19 or the under-16 helps. Ke you take care of this system. No pressure on you. You don't have to attend any PCs. Anyways don't happen. But just give us the best possible talent in best possible format, but I think you will need a director because otherwise, if it's the same coach, they're again going to just do the same thing. Whatever format is important now, take them there.
0: Uh, I like almost all of what Nikhil said, um, uh, but you know, just thinking about the 10 years of Shasri and Ravid overall, um, it, it's kind of amusing to me when I think back to how um, I reacted when I found out about their appointments, you know, whenever they were appointed. Um, initially, when Shastri was appointed, I was thinking, this is a ridiculous call. He's going to be like a yes man to Virat Kohli. He's just going to go with him on everything. And I think I even said that. Uh, he's a glorified cheerleader for the Indian team, and then over the subsequent years, he proved me spectacularly wrong. <laughs> uh, he, he turned out to be pretty good, and in, in Dravid's case, it was the other way. I, was, I actually had very high expectations, and I was actually happy when he was appointed. I was thinking, okay, finally, even if he accepted it reluctantly, I think this is the right choice because he's had experience coaching a lot of these players when they started out. And then eventually being disappointed <laughs> with a lot of their decisions um, and, and you know strategies. Uh, it, it, a lot of it was to do with the experimentation. I know a lot of it was injury related too. But still, it just had the same kind of unsettled feeling heading into the World Cup, and then everything clicked in the World Cup um, and still didn't win. Anyway, uh, overall though, with both their tenures, uh, the one thing that's really common is we get the sense that. The Indian team, the Indian men's team was consistently among the best in the world and many times I would say the best team. Like even if you see in the previous WTC cycle, fair to say they were probably like the best team in that cycle. And then they came up final, lost to Australia in the 2023 World Cup again. Not to go back on the similar points that Mohamed Keif made, but (laughs) again, they were the best team uh, in every way. But then when it came to crunch time, to the game that really mattered, you know, again, Australia was a better team and they won the World Cup fairly. And it's kind of aggravating to me because, you know, growing up, following the Indian team in the late 90s and 2000s, you know, I would look at the teams, like Australian team, South African team, and think, man, I wish one day I could see the Indian team kind of bossing every other side, like these, these two teams are doing. And then finally we get to that era when the Indian team does that, but we don't have a lot of trophies to show for it, which I know it's like this perennial thorn, you know, in the Indian fans flesh, <laughs> because, you know, for all of the uh, star players we have, for all of the, you know, performances they put up on a consistent basis, they don't win the big trophies. And it's incredible to me that the, you know, given the amount of ICC trophy, uh, ICC tournaments that are taking place, it feels like every year there's an ICC tournament and still the last time India won something was 2013. So I don't know if a coach like or how much a coach can have an impact uh, in cricket, you know, on a team's performance, because there are so many factors, like one thing, how important is uh, the combination of the captain and the coach? right? Uh, would a Shastri Rohit combination be any better than, uh, you know, like a Dravid and Kohli combination? Like how much of uh, that is a factor and how much of that can even play a role? Uh, similarly, support staff, you know, like, sure, uh, Shastri had Bharat Arun and uh, Dravid has Paras Mambre, But again, if you switch the support staff around, does that have any role to play? So, there are just so many factors that go into it and f- as a casual indian cricket team fan i you know i look at all the players i look at the coaches and then i see the other teams and i'm like the indian team is better than most of these teams how are how are we not winning the big trophies like it's it's just crazy to me so i don't know um uh, but you know i think what we can change is the mindset and the approach be more clinical, not just in terms of how the team is run, but how the team is managed. Like, you know, Nicole, you said, having like a director of cricket, almost like corporate, make it more corporate, you know, that environment. So there's more accountability and there's more consistency, all the buzzwords that we hear at work. And I think that apply to a team like India, because India is some, you know, when you think of India, you know, you. Immediately, chaos comes to mind in our walk of life, but also in the way we play the game. But I think if we bring some structure, I think we'll see some changes. So having a director of cricket is actually a great idea. Maybe different coaches for different formats, so that there is more. There's a consistent vision for each format, and we don't end up mixing it. And then we can also manage player injuries and availabilities a lot better. So there's there is hope for. you know, better output, but uh in terms of coaching tenures, I think overall, you know, like just looking at their achievements and their misses, I think it's pretty decent. It, it, they have not been terrible, both of them, uh, and we can we can talk about the misses, you know, for a long time. But overall, they, I think, they've done a pretty decent job with the resources that they've had. Yeah,
1: I think just I'll just add bit more to to give you that answer about you know why india are not winning i think india will eventually start uh crossing that line also the, the one thing that i i we touched upon it in terms of what is stopping them i feel and again i would love sorry to take a bit more time but i think it's something that has stuck to me this yes this today morning i felt that in every icc knockout that india have had i think the ones that india have won they have taken that risk of will we can lose this year you think about 2007, giving that over to Joginder uh, you think about 2011, MS coming up over an inform Yoraj you think of 2013, you feel that Ichan Sharma over and I just feel that have I missed any such important moment in 2015 or 19 or 21 or 22 where you kind of feel that you know, this is where the game lies and where India have at times taken a very bold call that okay it could backfire and I think the the day you start to do that maybe which is why you need Rishapan, because you need such characters to to be able to see it differently because you know for them it you are viewing it very very different from a different lens. Okay, okay I am not looking at this like that. I am looking at him but I want to hit him and you need that kind of mix. So I think India need to identify such characters so that on that very big day, if you are getting stuck, if you have a couple of characters out there in the middle, then they'll be able to just take you past that crossing line because uh, I think India have played far too well to not get enough trophies. But the one thing where I feel all of us will probably agree on is when you come together as a side, when you are open about it, you will have everybody rallying through along with you in terms of not throwing daggers, but just being with you. And I think this 23 World Cup was a very good example of that, that when your identity, when your communication, when your, uh, you know, there is a team vibe, you know, all of us back sports teams because we get a vibe when we watch them, that feel has to come through that binds us together, irrespective of, you know, he's my favorite or that my favorite. So I think that is something that I think India will look to, should look to build on okay, when you get them together, uh, then that, transition will happen into a side that is getting to the knockouts, but then hopefully not the South Africa that we know, and you're winning the trophies. So I think that day is not too far, hopefully, because I see Rishabh Pant is getting back into cricket. So I have my uh, unreal expectations (laughs) aligned there. Uh, In terms of rating the two, I feel uh, Ravi probably takes the cake with the test side because of what is, I, I just feel maybe I'll be biased towards the Oshil achievement, but it is massive. And you see teams are struggling to even compete there, and for a side with to do it twice in, in and that too with uh, I'll not use a word that was used during the commentary but random people, then I think it's even more. Uh, it just tells you the depth that there is there in Indian cricket, but it's just that you need you need to have the right people to make the most of that depth of cricket and put it to the right machines, and then you will see good products getting coming out as terms of cricketers and uh, good cricket, So I think I'll give the test kind of awards to uh, Ravi. I'll probably give a runner-up award again <laughs> to Rohit and Raul. But I'll credit them for able to build an identity and stick into it. I think that's where Ravi and Virat probably were very desperate for that result in terms of let's change this guy, let's change it, let's change this. But I think with the white ball format just for the ODI success I think Raul and Rohit uh, uh, deserve that and T20, I don't think India take T20 seriously, so we can talk about it later.
0: Mike, did you have, uh, what are your thoughts on uh, the yeah. two overall?
2: I know, that, I mean I think I'm in agreement with how Nikhil summed it up. Um, when Ravad took over, the one difference from, you know, when even you said when he was taking over, you had a lot of hopes. I I honestly was like, I don't really know if we can do any better than what we did under <laughs> Rath and Shastri very, very honestly, like, because yeah, I mean, we were very close in a couple of situations. Yeah, an ICC trophy is a potential... Uh, there were near misses, but I think if we had achieved, you know, let's say we had achieved the ICC trophy, we wouldn't have necessarily... I mean, I don't know if there's been a side which has achieved everything. There there just hasn't been. Like, even Steve was Australia had 16 wins, and then they came to India and completely, you know, and, uh, that was an epic test series, but, you know, things didn't work out for them. So my point is uh, we we can talk about it we can argue about it but at the end of the day some of them some of it is just having a bad day like for all we know um you know the the world cup final for that matter like uh, virat kohli was already batting 54 um he was doing reasonably well kl kind of went into a shell uh, for sure but did he really have an option with you know half the side gone in the 30th over um, so you know these are the things that we can debate all the time and some of these things just happen i don't think Kale Rahul planned to go into a shell like that he was probably being conservative but he i'm sure he did not say i'm not going to score a boundary for 30 hours so it's one of those things that just happen. it is sport um and it is why it's fascinating to get up early in the morning and debate about this for an hour and 20 minutes uh, (laughs) because there are no right answers um having said that i do agree with the general sentiment that it would be great to have somebody like a dravid run the eightors and under nineteen, and then give him the liberty, or if somebody else is running, it give them the liberty of saying I need an eight or every time India is going abroad. Uh, I need not twenty people traveling; I need forty five traveling, and and the idea of that is to have you know a second core ready the moment anybody gets injured. Rishabh Pant is out, no worries; I've got Ishan Kishan to plug right in. You know things like that. So I think that would be a great role for Dravid in particular. Um and, but remember the general fan is very, very reactive to the results. So for all you know, in six months if we somehow managed to win the T twenty World Cup, I will be walking away with that credit. So um mm-hmm. it is it is just how this sport works.
1: Completely agree. You are as good as the last result Yes, exactly. Yeah.
0: Okay, so as we wrap up this episode, um uh I we are gonna indulge in one exercise, one last exercise. Uh, before we close so let's say tomorrow or next week this is an alternate universe okay uh you're appointed bcci president okay and you're given full power to make whatever changes you see fit um what are like the top priorities for you so i'll start first okay i don't mind inserting a bit of chaos into proceedings so what i would do starting with uh you know the captaincy for tests, uh, so I believe in different captains and coaches for different formats. So I'm actually going to reappoint Virad Kohli as test captain once the current WTC cycle is done. Uh, but I will be grooming Rishabh Pant. You know he'll be the vice captain, intending to take over the captaincy after the the following WTC cycle. And. Uh, The coach of the team, because, of course, Dravid never strikes me as someone who wants to continue doing this for a long time. Uh, And it looks like VVS Lakshman is being groomed as the next coach, or at least since he's been stepping in. So let's say VVS Lakshman as coach, of the test side with Virat Kohli as test captain. And then in the limited overs... uh, This is maybe a little bit of a CSK bias, but uh, (laughs) maybe we can convince Stephen Fleming to coach the (laughs) limited-overse team just for at least uh, a few years. And then I would have um, KL Rahul take over the ODI captaincy and uh, Hardik Pandya for the T20 captaincy. Maybe there's too many cooks in the kitchen, but uh, I think we can see how it plays out. So Fleming as coach and uh, KL Rahul and Hardik Pandya as captains in this format. Uh, So that will be my really just focusing on the leadership part of the Indian team and the management of the Indian team. Um, I think I'll just stick to that. Maybe I I won't go too many changes straight off, but uh, that's what I would like to see in an ideal world. Uh, What would you guys do if you had the power to make some Wholesale changes on your first day or your first week on the job?
1: Yeah, before Mayang, you can do answer this. I want to ask uh, Benny, who's your backup to Hardik? Sorry, because he'll get injured any which way.
0: <laughs> That's true. I did think of that. I was <laughs> thinking Boomra as vice captain. Okay, yeah, cool. I just wanted a name. <laughs> he also of... gets injured, <laughs> yeah. but uh will whoever is fit be the third one?
2: <laughs> cool. Yeah. Now Mayang, you can go ahead. I think I'll, I'll keep it short. I I don't know if I'll do a ton of changes. Um, I, I do like the team director idea. But the other piece that I would make sure is no captain is over 32. I think we're at a uh, stage where there are a lot of senior players who are 35, 36, 37. I don't really see the point of having those people as captain. Uh, you know, one of the really great examples we've seen of captains in the last couple of decades is Graham Smith being appointed at 22. And I'm not saying 22 is the right age, but, you know, it, it showed that they had this person in mind. They felt that he had the capabilities and just needed to be groomed. So you groom them young. It doesn't have to be 22, of course, it's 28 to 30, whatever the right age is. But so in my mind, captain should be young because that really helps with the transitions and stuff. You do not take short-term decisions. If you know you're given the, you know, liberty to say you're going to work for two years for sure, then you're not going to make a decision for the next game, which is which is important. And the other thing that I would do is, yeah, we would move away from Rohit and Virat from the T 20 format. Uh, we were just, I think we were heading to that direction, and then I don't know who's decided to take a step back after 14 months, but that's what we're doing, and I don't think it's li- li- likely to change before the next E20 World Cup, uh, the upcoming one, but after that we would definitely move away from uh, anchors and uh, try a new approach, because we did that in the ODI World Cup, as Nikhil was pointing out, and we did really well, we were you know, a step away from glory. So that, those are the two key things I would do.
1: Yeah, I will just use uh, the great Sarfara Ahmed's uh, comments, which said, my answer is the same, no difference. <laughs> uh, <laughs> it is, uh, because I think both of you make some uh, great points in terms of firstly having separate for coaches. And also, as you know, Mayank rightly said, I think that's the biggest, biggest difference that Indian cricket has to make in terms of investing long-term. You want to think of a brand? Okay, think of a brand. Think of names to sell. I, it's okay, but you have India has enough talent in batting and bowling for you to pick them out and become make them the brands. All I'm wanting is just have separate pools. That will be my only and only wish of you know from not the secret center, but from the obvious BCCI that please just have separate pools because that will lead to a lot of good decisions in their own right. And in their own format. So that no mixing is done. We're all very cool and happy. And if you want to throw in names, I would love for Andy to coach, Andy Flower to coach India. Uh, but with complete freedom. And then I'll want him to have a camp to get the next option. Because at this point of time, I don't think any one of us have a, a young captain in mind. Because Indian cricket, this doesn't work that way. Even in the IPL, you want to have yeah. a big name. And again, which is why we have the impact player. Just counterintuitive to the to the requirement of the nation that you want an all-rounder, okay, let's get a rule that will back specialist. This <laughs> this is why you I want that director of cricket. Just to ensure the decisions that will help the country are taken in that in that regard. So yeah, I think director of cricket is point one and the rest, as you both know, rightly summed up
0: so i'm the only one who's brave enough to throw out like very outrageous (laughs) changes he's
1: Uh, already said that he's going to drop two people who are responsible for selling tickets i mean (laughs) there is nothing more brave than that so
0: (laughs) true which is why we'll never get close to the (laughs) (laughs) it's okay Uh, we don't have to (laughs) well on that note thank you uh thank you nickel for uh you know sparing your time for this conversation Uh, It it is fascinating, though, as an Indian cricket uh, fan, you know, again, when I look back over the last two decades, the the coaches that we've had and uh, Shastri and Ravid, you know, both the highs and the lows that they have faced. And I think the, the fact that even with all of the challenges that they've had to deal with, they've done a fairly decent job um and like you mentioned nickel i think the trophy will happen eventually uh and maybe this weight will make it a lot more like sweeter it. whenever that happens and hopefully we don't have to wait for too long um with the uh, upcoming t20 world cup but uh that we will wait and see but uh yeah to our listeners thank you for listening and uh you can also follow nickel if you if you aren't already. Uh, he's on X, formerly known as Twitter, at Crick Crazy Nicks. He also speaks on at We Are Cricket. So give those accounts a follow. Uh, once again, thank you, gentlemen, for joining. And uh, here's to uh, hoping that the Indian team goes to uh, bigger and better heights this year.
1: Yep. storms as it is. <laughs>
0: Thank you for listening to an episode of The Last Wicket. Do check out other episodes on your podcast app of choice or at thelastwicket.com. This podcast is a cricket Guys production featuring your hosts, Benny and Mayank. And if you enjoyed this podcast, do let a friend know, rate and subscribe on your platform of choice. Follow us on your social media feeds and leave us a voice message if you would like to share your thoughts with us. Thank you again for listening. And from all of us here at The Last Wicked, stay safe, stay healthy.